You're listening to Eureka on Monocle Radio, brought to you by the team behind The Entrepreneurs, the show all about inspiring people, innovative companies, and fresh ideas in global business. I'm Tom Edwards. Today's programme is about refreshing summer fizz. Oliver Dixon is the co-founder of Something and Nothing, a multi-award-winning brand of premium sodas and spritzes made using simple, natural ingredients. Ollie's diverse background in culture, branding, hospitality and music led him on a unique career path that even included owning a pub. It was during that time he identified a lack of sophisticated soft drinks deserving of a place in his establishment. This sparked the idea of merging his expertise in design, a fascination with flavour and his passion for travel in order to create something and nothing. The brands earned prestigious Great Taste Awards for all their sodas and two of their spritzes, and this year successfully launched in the US. Here is Ollie with more on a sparkling journey. It was a bit of a slow build, and I think it was a combination of different factors. I had an agency called Margaret, which still exists. I'm, I'm not involved, but still very much friends with everybody there. Our business was kind of bringing culture and brands together. As time went on, we got more into building brands. I was very much the kind of strategic kind of brain behind that and then the creative direction of how you brought that to life. And I think like anyone, you begin to think, oh, I'd, you know, I kind of like to do this myself. <laughs> and there's certain things that clients maybe aren't quite brave enough to do that you'd think, that, that, you know, you should give this a go. So this was kind of bubbling in my head of like, I want to kind of put my money where my mouth is, I want to create my own thing. And, and I really didn't know what it was. Around 2016, I started a pub called The Gun in Hackney with some friends. It was the kind of moment of craft beer coming out, you know, great cocktails, craft spirits, etc. And then was like, right, I need to knock this on the head for a bit or I'm going to get myself in trouble here. And that is the moment where I kind of was like, what do you drink in this sort of fun, music-filled, convivial space and not go like, oh, I'll have a sparkling water and everyone kind of does the groan. And craft beer were pushing out cans very much. Everyone liked the kind of look of those cans. So I kind of got very interested in that and then took a proper look at the soft drink space and was like, ah, oh, it kind of stinks. Everything's full of sugar. All the flavours are really boring. I know consumers are getting healthier just by looking at myself and my friends, like, what, you know, why isn't there something there? And yeah, that was really the moment when I thought, if I'm really going to do this, I probably need someone who knows what they're doing in terms of drinks. And turned to my friend Rupert, who had worked at Red Bull and Pepsi, and was like, I've got this idea. And then, yeah, it was literally sitting in the garden going, shall we do this? It took about a year to develop the first drink, to get the flavour right, to get that balance with the natural ingredients, the sweetness, but not too sweet, no added sugar, all these elements that we knew were really important. And then the first production run, and the first time it was on shelf in a cafe in Shoreditch, Rupert was like, come and have a look, it's in a fridge. And I thought I'd be elated. And I was just like, oh my God, the amount of work it took to get to this point. And this is one fridge in Shoreditch. We need to be in 10,000 fridges to make this anything. Then you start to get feedback and people are like, this drink is really good. And, you know, we were in Selfridges really early, in Ace Hotel really early. And then the first thing they ask is, hey, when, when are you doing another flavour? For me, really, the most stressful bit was pre-launch because I knew we had to get it right. And the brand bit, although I 
felt confident on it and now you know loads of people are really generous in their kind of how they feel about the brand the way it looks it was a huge risk what we did in terms of the design having those images on the front the first trade show we did there was a couple of kind of industry bigwigs who were like what are you doing you've created a cucumber drink and there aren't any pictures of cucumbers on it you've got a palm tree people won't know what they're drinking I was like, yeah, but from a semiotics perspective, you know, it looks kind of how it tastes. And he was like, yeah, you haven't got hope. <laughs> so we had to really stick with that. You know, the brand name isn't very obvious. We don't call out any of the credentials on the front of the can. It's a very clean, very bold design. But it's what's working for us because we literally spend nothing on marketing and yet we have great progress in the US and the UK because people pick it up who are interested and then the liquid backs it up. The kind of vital element for our success is that the liquid and the brand are equally as strong as each other. So the liquid took about a year to develop a lot of back and forth, a lot of shall we go zero calorie, trying it, thinking it doesn't really taste enough, testing it with friends, bartenders, etc., and, and wanting to get to that balance of the sweet and the citrus, the kind of sour element, which we eventually found through grape juice and lemon juice. So no added sugar, no sweeteners. So that balance of natural ingredients took a really, really long time to get right. And then once we got that right, developing new flavours became a lot easier. We approach new flavours by the experiences we've had as people travelling the world and trying new food, trying new drinks. The hibiscus and rose came from a holiday to Sri Lanka. My wife and my three-month-old son at that time were travelling around and there was this hibiscus and rose drink and it was delicious but sweet as anything. <laughs> I was just like, well, hang on, if you took out the sugar, it's a very interesting combination of flavours and then we added more citrus to give it sharpness and that, again, a surprising drink. Most people look at it and say, oh, I don't really like rose and then they try it and they're like, whoa. The US was never really on our radar. It's, you know, impossibly competitive. Look at the fridges in places like Erewhon, you've got 50 soft drinks, 50 kombuchas, etc., etc. So we ended up over there kind of via a connection and they were importing our drinks mainly to sell via D2C and then they started doing a bit of distribution and it just got picked up and the American public seemed to really connect with it. I think there's a tradition of seltzers over there that, again, it's the zero calorie, don't have much flavour and there's a much bigger tradition of drinking soft drinks. I would say, you know, go to an English person's house, you're offered a cup of tea. Go to an American person's house, you're offered a, usually a can of drink of some description. So it's much more part of their culture. And just this elevation of flavour and brand seems to be really connecting. I think people understand sodas, you know, inherently throughout their life. They've drank them, drink them every day. Then the realisation, too much sugar... They want to cut them out, but what do they replace them with? There was flavoured water, but people are getting a bit bored of that. There's a lot of functional drinks, but they're quite complex in terms of flavour and ingredients and sometimes problematic in what they claim. <laughs> so the opportunity, which perhaps we didn't realise at the start, is very clear now that it's this elevation of the soda category, which is what we're focused on. That was Oliver Dixon, co-founder of Something and Nothing. You can learn more about the brand at somethingandnothing.co. 
And that's all for this episode of Eureka. We'll be back at the same time next week. Do look out for The Entrepreneurs on Wednesdays. Eureka was produced by Laura Kramer with mixing and editing by Jack Dewars. You can listen again and find out more at monocle.com. That's where you can join the club and subscribe to the magazine or follow us and delve into the archive via your preferred podcast platform. To contact the team, just drop a note to Laura on lrk at monocle.com. I'm Tom Edwards. Goodbye and thanks for listening to Eureka.